Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patnode. I'm joined as always by Ty Gonzalez. Uh, Ty, we just recorded a little something about the Super Bowl, uh, yep. and somehow that's not the biggest sports story, at least in our arena, of the yep. week. Because, well, I, I I'll just ask you this: What are the Red Sox smoking, and where can I get some? Um. Yeah, I could hook you up. Yeah, just, so, just it, hit, hit slide into my DMs later. Let's in case you guys didn't hear about the deal, like you've been living under a rock or something. Um, basically, Mookie Betts and David Price have been traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers are giving uh, Alex Verdugo, a uh, talented outfielder, uh, to the Red Sox. Uh, also, the Red Sox are receiving. Let me see if I can pronounce this right. Brewstar Gratterall, uh, top 100 prospect with a little bit of major league experience under his belt. Uh, they are sending, they are getting him from the Twins, uh, while the Dodgers are sending Kinta Maeda to the uh, twin to the Twins um, to kind of complete this three-team deal here. Um, so again, it's. The Dodgers, at the end of the day, the Dodgers give up Kinta Maeda and Alex Verdugo. They get Mookie Betts and David Price. The Red Sox obviously give up Betts and Price. They get Verdugo and Bruce Stark get Gratterall. Uh, and for the Twins, it's a simple Gratterall for Maeda. So <clears throat> that's the deal. And uh, let's let's go ahead and rag on the, uh, the Boston Red Sox. So, um, Ty, thoughts? What? And uh, beep is going on. I mean, seriously, like uh, <laughs> we were just talking about this before we we hit record. Was if the Dodgers are able to extend? I mean, first off, this is an already this is already a fleece. Mm-hmm. This is one hundred percent a fleece. But if the Dodgers are able to extend. Or re-sign uh, Mookie at the end of the season. This is highway robbery. This is one of the most lopsided trades I've ever seen or heard of. Um, this is ridiculous. The fact that the Dodgers only had to give up Alex Verdugo and Kenda Maeda. For a guy that, if it wasn't for Mike Trout, would win AL MVP almost every year. And a pretty solid pitcher who's making you know a decent amount of money, making more than he probably is worth at this point. But still, to have David Price in a rotation that has Walker Buehler, Clayton Kershaw, you know, they obviously they lost Ryu, but they're going to have Dustin May in there. Yep. I mean. And they got, they got priced for about half of his, uh, half of his remaining salary. So they're only going to be paying him 16 or sorry. Uh, yeah, no, $16 million a year for David price. Who's Um, paying the money. Is it the Red Sox? The the Red Sox, the Red Sox are paying half. A prices Jeez. contract, so he was due ninety six million over the next three years. Uh, he's due forty eight million now for the Red Sox or for the uh, Dodgers. 
So um, the Dodgers, uh, they take on Mookie Betts' $27 million contract for this year. $16 million goes to uh, <clears throat> goes to uh, Price. So they're bringing on $43 million of uh, payroll, but they are trading Maeda, who's set to make about $3 million this year. Uh, and in a separate deal, they've traded uh, Jock Peterson, who I believe was set to make $8 million, give or take, um, mm. in his final year of arbitration. Or, in, yeah, in his final year of arbitration. So Dodgers take on about $30 million on this deal. But they arguably have the two best players in the National League in the same outfield. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, what's interesting yeah. to me um, is the, I don't want to say hypocritical way, um, but the uh, unique way that the national media um, is trying to uh, portray this, uh, this trade as for the Red Sox. Um, whereas, most fans and most of, uh, you know, bloggers like us are reaming the Red Sox for uh, choosing money over a World Series. The uh, national folks um, are praising the Red Sox more or less for getting a two good prospects for Mookie Betts and David Price, and creating that much beloved payroll flexibility. Because if there's one thing we know about the Boston Red Sox, it's that they're they're hurting, man. They're hurting. They need that payroll flexibility because they, I mean, man, they just cannot afford to pay, you know, four hundred million dollars for fifteen years of a really good player. Um, it's so stupid. It's like, so stupid. Like, why are the Dodgers getting credit? Or sorry, why are the the Red Sox getting credit for acting like a mid market team? They're the Boston freaking Red Sox. They just went from possible World Series contenders to, let's see if they can win 85 games, maybe 81. Maybe Verdugo is, I mean, like I said, Verdugo's fine. He was a 3-1 player last year um, and only 343 uh, at-bats. This is a guy, I mean, he's an outfielder who's going to play some solid defense, hit 15 home runs. Uh, he's not going to steal uh, many bases at all. He might get you a handful. Uh, he's going to hit 270, 280 with a 350 on base, and he'll, he'll hit his double. Like He's a good player, don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Mookie Betts is a Hall of Famer, who's in his prime, by the way. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. You compound that on top of the, the reports that the Red Sox were like, well, we offered him 10 years, $300 million. He said no. So what are we supposed to do? Negotiate. What? I mean, think about this. If you're Mookie Betts and the Red Sox, again, the Boston Red Sox, come to you and say, hey, we want to pay you like, we want to basically give you the Manny Machado contract. I would be insulted if I was Mookie Betts. And it sounds like he was. Because in a down year for Mookie Betts this year, this is a down year. He posted a 6.8 war, B war. Six point down year, he's finished eighth in the MVP voting, won a gold glove and a silver slugger. In a down year. 
That's I ridiculous. Mean, the guy, the guy just turned twenty-seven in October, and you're going to disrespect him and offer him Manny Machado money? I mean, it sounds like he was asking for Mike Trout money. You don't want to give him Mike Trout money because he's not as good as Mike Trout. Fine, I get it. But Mookie Betts is a lot closer to Mike Trout than he is Manny Machado. I just, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I, it, it drives me nuts, especially from guys like Heyman. We're like, look at the flexibility. Look at the flexibility. While Seattle, who is an actual mid-market team, is dumping payroll, and not even all of it. They're still eating a lot of money to make these trades. They're collecting prospects. Just like the, just like basically what the the Red Sox just did here, and he's going to praise Boston, and he's going to continue to crap on Seattle. What are you talking about, man? So that, that's that's the annoying part about this. But uh, you raised an interesting point before we came on um, about how this deal is not exactly similar, but it is, you know there are some some similarities between this deal and one that jerry made so why don't you go ahead and expand on that yeah so this was really my first thought when i saw the full deal was that the mariners did a significantly better job trading edwin diaz and offloading the contract of robinson cano than the and then the Red Sox were in trading Mookie Betts and offloading the contract of David Price. And obviously the difference between Betts and Diaz is that, you know, Betts, first of all, has just one year left on the deal. There's no guarantee that he will stay with whatever team that he got traded to, which is now the Dodgers. Sure. And, you know, Diaz is controllable, making no money, etc. He is now. But also, Diaz is a reliever that was coming off a really good season yep. at the time, but still a reliever. Mm-hmm. And Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball, not named Mike Trout. I mean, so, he's, he's right there. It's it's either Betts or Acuna, right? I, I would still, I, I would still get the edge to Mookie, yeah. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Like, even if even if he's the third best player in the world, even if he's the tenth best player in the world, that's still a high jump from where Edwin Diaz was. Oh yeah. Last year. Oh yes. And yes, Alex Verdugo is an established young major league piece. He was worth nearly three wins last year. That's fine. That so, therefore, you can you can say he's a more valuable piece than Jerry Kelnick. At least you could make that argument. You could. You'd be wrong, but you could. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, come on. That <laughs> like this is this is so bad, dude. Basically, what happened here? Um at least my, my kind of thing looking at it is, is that um, the Red Sox let the attachment of David Price to Mookie Betts, you know, torpedo 
the overall value to bets. Whereas the Mariners last year, they got full price and then some for Edwin Diaz and actually got the Mets to view Cano as an asset, not a, you know, not a sunk cost. Mm-hmm. And as a res- like, just from you know, Verdugo versus Kelnick, if you want to make it really simple, Kelnick's the better prospect. Kelnick will be the better player. I don't think it's that close, to be honest with you. Um, like I said, Verdugo's a fine. He's, he's going to be a good player. Jared Kelnick could be an MVP. You want to talk about Gatterall versus Justin Dunn? I mean, I'd probably pick Gatterall, but it's close. It's two very similar pitchers. Um, so I just, yeah, you know, I look at that and I go, how in the world, what is it possible? Have major league, uh, you know, baseball, have baseball executives, have they gone too far in seeking club control? Yes. Because I mean, five years of Verdugo is going to get the Red Sox. If he's really, you know, if he is what he's supposed to be, it's going to get him. I don't know, 15 war, give or take. Mm-hmm. Mookie Betts is probably going to get eight or nine this year by himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah. So I just, you know. What it comes down to is they, they didn't want to pay him. They didn't nope. want to pay him as money. And, you know, that's really crappy for, for the fans. Yeah. Now, I don't feel bad for Red Sox fans. <laughs> they had a pretty uh, charmed life the last 15 years. Yeah, the 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 whole Massachusetts fan base for oh, sports that. can eat it. Uh, so yeah, celebrate uh, a championship basically every year. Yeah. Uh, still though, uh, yeah, it sucks that a billion dollar franchise, as we've seen from other franchises is choosing money over putting out a good product, which they will still profit off of. Yep. I just... The idea that the Red Sox couldn't afford Mookie Betts is absurd. Mm-hmm. The, the idea, I mean, just the idea by itself that they're trying to sell their fans that we just couldn't afford to keep Mookie Betts. It's a lie. There's not. It's the same lie that Cleveland is telling its fans. Oh, we love Francisco Lindor a long time, but we're not going to pay him thirty million dollars. Then you won't. Then you don't want Francisco Lindor. Like, why are you lying? It doesn't make sense. By the way, um, if I'm the Dodgers, I'm picking up the phone and I'm seeing if I can get Lindor too. Because they did not give up a lot to get Mookie Betts. Lindor is going to cost more, but they could do it and still have a pretty good farm system. Well, uh, and you know, I mean, like, they get Lindor and Corey Seager's out, so Corey Seager is probably a big piece of that trade going to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, it You could at be, least have to assume. So are they even... Like, like Seager and May, maybe? Yeah, so are or, they even really giving up a significant amount that's going to cripple them? I mean, they're still going to have ammo to, to use at the trade deadline. Yep, to fill out their bullpen or fill out whatever they need, you know, their bench, uh, whatever, uh, you know, the back end of their rotations. Yeah, they could go out and get 
an, a, another ace. You know, they already have Beeler, but mm-hmm. I mean, Kershaw is still good, and uh, you know, Price was actually pretty solid last year. Um, he's no longer the elite arm he once was, but he's still a very capable number four, maybe even a little better. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's just it, it strikes me as interesting that the Yankees went out and they got Garrett Cole and they spent a lot of money to do it. The Dodgers went out. They got Mookie Betts, right? Mm-hmm. They got David Price. Those are two of probably honest, the two biggest teams in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah. They went out and they added payroll. Boston went out and made a bad trade just to shed payroll. I mean, and the national media is going head over heels trying to tell us why that's a good thing or why they did the smart thing. Get out of here, man. That is such weak. That is such weak BS. Like, the Red Sox are cheap. Yeah. The Red Sox thought saving $15 million was more important than winning a World Series. And this, even before, they didn't, do you even know, like, what's the big move the Red Sox made prior to this to help them win? Uh, yeah. That's tendering a contract to J.D. Martinez? Yeah, that's, I think. <laughs> yeah. The, the ah uh, sound is the correct answer. Nothing. They did nothing to improve themselves. And it's all because, well, you know, we're just we're too poor. We're the Boston Red Sox. We make five hundred million dollars off of our logo alone every year. One of the top, you know, probably the what top three or four most popular franchises in the entire sport. Our owner's a billionaire. We generate more revenue than any other team except for maybe the Yankees, maybe the Dodgers. But we're just too poor to afford to pay a Hall of Famer in his prime. Come on. <sighs> Anyways, um, moving away from the uh, the Red Sox real fast. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers did incredible here. Um, but uh, the Twins, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Twins. Um, they get Kinta Maeda for uh, Gratterall. Um, what do you think about that? Because that one, to me, is a lot... Um, there's a lot of more gray area there than uh, the Dodgers absolutely whooping on the uh, the Red Sox. What do you think of that yeah, deal? Yeah, um, I think it's fine. Um, I think yeah, the, the the Twins did need to replace that hole that was left by by Kyle Gibson because uh, he went to the Rangers, right? Yep. And uh, um, Pineda is going to miss first 40 50 games with a suspension yeah. so yeah and you know we had talked about Maeda for the mariners at one point i'm a big um, fan yeah uh i think he's i think he's a really solid piece to add especially this late into the off season um you know it there wasn't any sort of talent like that out on the market and i think that the twins you know, that's been kind of their one downfall is that they have a solid rotation, but there's no one real apparent guy that jumps out. You know, Barrios is pretty, pretty darn good, but, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, he's a two, you know, and it's, they, it's a, they, Odorizzi's a 
three, maybe a four. Pineda's probably a four. Yeah. is probably a three, maybe a four. Um, so they yeah. have a solid rotation, and that got a bit better. You know, again, Gibson is gone, so they did have a little bit of a hole there, and Maeda kind of fills that. So, um, yeah, I think it's a solid deal for them. Yeah, they trade Gratterall. Um, and his five years uh, or six years of club control for Maeda and his four years of club control. Uh, Maeda is only going to make $3.125 million each of the next four seasons. Um, this is, you know, this is the kind of move that uh, the, or the, uh, the twins need to make. They're not a huge payroll club. Um, they don't have an insanely wealthy market. Uh, Maeda is a, a good pitcher who's not going to, who's underpaid, uh, pretty significantly, by the way. Um, and he's just, you know, he'll be 32 years old in April, so he's not over the hill. Uh, Pitch kind of did the, you know, he, I don't want to say it was an opener, but he did kind of, he pitched out of the bullpen a little bit each of the last two years. There's not a lot of uh, innings on his arm. Um, Might is a good pitcher. He'll probably be, I imagine he gets the ball in the second game, maybe the third game of the year. I'm assuming they'll give Barrios and Odorizzi kind of the uh, the honor uh, since they were with the team last year pitching the first two games. Um, but yeah, Maeda is fine. Gatterall, Gratterall is um, there's a decent chance he ends up in the bullpen, but he's he's a good solid prospect. He's a back end of the top 100 type of guy. Um, and like like I said before, he's he's to me at least he's very Justin Dunn like. Um, right. Maybe a little more upside, but yeah, I think the Twins did pretty well here. Um, I think it was, well, it was a few weeks ago. Um, you picked the Twins as like a a serious World Series contender. You still feeling pretty good about that? Yeah, the Twins are really solid. I think I think right now uh, where they are, no, I think there are several teams that are better than them. Uh, just in, in Major League Baseball as a whole. I think they're the third or fourth team in the AL, though. I think deadline comes around, they have a pretty good farm uh, to trade from. Uh, I think they can get that missing piece or two that, that they'll need. Yeah, I think so. So, anyways, that's the trade. Um, but uh, you guys are here to listen to uh, Mariners' uh analysis so uh, that's what we'll give you um, and we'll start with um, arguably the biggest move of the offseason uh, that would be a co- be a, of course be the claiming of no I'm joking um, the biggest uh, the story we're talking about next is Marco Gonzalez uh, mm-hmm. locked in he signs a four year extension uh, that is guaranteeing him 30 million dollars and there is a fifth year club option worth 15 million dollars um, it's worth noting, and there was some confusion about this. This contract does not begin until next season. So this season, he is still pitching under his old contract, which is one million dollar salary. Um, so basically, you can consider this really a five-year deal worth thirty-one million dollars, with an option to make it a six-year deal worth forty-six million dollars. Yeah, Seattle locks up kind of the kind of the guy that they've decided to not necessarily build around, but uh, I think you understand what I'm saying here. So, Ty, mm-hmm. what do you think about the extension, man? Well, you know, I think it 
it further shows Jerry DePoto's plan, you know. Um, that he doesn't have one? Yeah, that, that he, you know, the, the one that apparently doesn't exist, according to uh, <laughs> certain former analysts of CBS. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, I think it, you know, it further shows uh, his commitment to the players that are currently in the organization those that he wants to build around, those that he believes are his future core. Um, You know, and and Marco, you know, neither one of us think that Marco is uh, going to be a headliner in this rotation once the the team, uh, you know, starts to actually truly compete for the postseason and more. But, He's still a guy that, you know, Jerry DePoto, I listened a little bit to the press conference that they had. Jerry DePoto, you know, looks at Marco as a guy to, to help uh, in the leadership department in the clubhouse. Um, and he's a guy that has, you know, really been there and bought into the system early on, into this, you know, new culture that Jerry DePoto and Scott Service have brought within the last, you know, four or five years. Um, I think it's I think it's a really really cool statement. It's kind of similar to when um, you know when the Seahawks started getting really good and they started committing to some of their younger players and really started to shift focus to that um, to to you know where they they wound up and I think we're seeing a lot of that with the Mariners now with. Um, committing to Marco and committing to Evan White and, um, you know, and they still haven't traded Mitch Hanniger, which is not entirely, uh, you know, in their control because of Hanniger's injury, but they, they had an opportunity to do so last year as well. Um, you know, they're committed to, you know, some of these guys. And, um, I think that, I think that's really nice to see, you know, but also another takeaway is that this probably helps Marco Gonzalez's, trade uh value so you know maybe it's maybe it isn't a commitment whatsoever and there's now the jerry clause which we've we've seen in the hirano deal and now this deal the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonus if a player gets traded uh marco has that on his deal uh yoshihisa hirano got that on his deal so uh you know it's possible that Everything that I just said for the last couple of minutes means nothing. Uh, and Jerry DePoto will trade Marco Gonzalez by July. Who knows? Sure. You never know. Yeah, it's it's possible. Um, I think you know the the Mariners kind of see Marco as um, it's not not really bookends. Uh, he's kind of he's kind of a He's a glue guy, so to speak. He is, he's not a star, right? He's not, um, he's not going to be the reason they make it to the playoffs for the first time in however many years it ends up being. Uh, but he's still valuable to the organization. He turns 28 years old in 11 days. Um, so he's still young, not a lot of mileage on the arm, thanks to the uh, unfortunate uh, Tommy John surgery. Um, by all accounts, he's an extremely hard worker. He buys in totally to what the Mariners are doing. 
um, from a uh, from a uh, you know arm strength building standpoint, from an analytics standpoint, from a biomechanics standpoint. He's all in. He's bought in. He does everything they ask, and to be able to reward him for that uh, sends a message, I think, to um, you know to players all up and down the organization. Uh, you know, we saw them do it with Evan White earlier in the winter. Uh, that sent a message to the young guys. Evan White is a guy who has bought in. Marco Gonzalez is a guy who has bought in. They're all into this approach. They've both been rewarded. Um, and both, honestly, uh, they're still bargains. <laughs> like, uh, Marco yeah. Gonzalez on the open market, what, probably a 12 to $15 million pitcher, uh, AAV. They got him for <coughs> six yeah. or seven. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the first thing that I said to you when you yep. when you messaged me because I was I was on the phone when it when it happened and I just got on Twitter and the first thing I saw was your your message and the the first thought I had funny enough was that the Mariners were in on the uh, bets trade uh, when I saw what you said but uh, uh, you know to see uh, this deal and and see the numbers come through and I believe it's a seven and a half million AAV. If the option is executed, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's such a steal. <laughs> when you just consider the market, yep. and even if Marco is, let's say, your number four starter in, mm-hmm. by, in 2021, that's an insane steal. Yeah, I mean, you consider... I mean, how- he was a top, he, he's a top 30 pitcher in war last year, or last two years, I believe, right? Uh, 25th and F war, uh, last year. That has a lot to do with, you know, the quantity, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still valuable. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's such good value and it continues to prove that, you know, this thing may go one way or the other for the Mariners, but the process is sound. Mm-hmm. Right. It's this is kind of a, the first time we've seen the Mariners um, really do this. Um, aside from uh, the you know the Felix Hernandez a couple times um, and Kyle Seeger, but uh, this is the first time that we've seen them really appear to make a strong push to uh, to lock up young core members uh, and you know like I said white and Marco they're not they're not going to be the superstars of this group right the superstars yeah. are going to be hopefully be Jared Kalnick and Julio Rodriguez maybe a guy or two out of free agency maybe one of your pitchers uh, you know blows past their ceiling a little bit um, those are where the stars are going to be Marte maybe those are where the stars are going to come from, but that doesn't mean that Marco Gonzalez, the Marco Gonzalez's of the world and the Evan White's of the world aren't valuable pieces. Um, and like I said, they both work extremely hard. They both bought in. They're all in on the Mariners and what they, uh, what they're preaching. Um, and the Mariners have decided to reward them first. And, uh, you know, it's, if in two years, Marco Gonzalez is your number four, number five starter, that means you've done a really good job developing your other starting pitching. Um, 
And if, if Marco's your four or five, you probably have one heck of a rotation. So uh, it's, it's, there's almost, it's hard to even find anything in this deal to, to nitpick. Um, you reward, you reward one of your own, you send a message to the rest of the organization, you actually improve his trade value. You get, you buy out at least one year of free agency, probably two. I would imagine at this point, uh, you know, you would expect that they're going to exercise that option in what, five years. So, um, and at the same time, if Marco, for some reason, you know, he gets hurt again or you're basically, you're not on the hook for hardly anything. You're basically paying Marco Gonzalez, which you would pay a middle reliever, a free agent, middle reliever. It's a great deal. Um, I I think naturally the, uh, the kind of extension on this is, do you think the Mariners do this again between now and the end of, let's say the 2020 regular season? You think so? Yeah. Who do you I think, think it is? It's a good question. Um, <laughs> I would I mean, like for I, my preference would be Logan Gilbert. Right. Um, I don't think that's possible. Um, I mean, yeah, it takes two to party. Got to remember that. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be Justice, Justice Sheffield. Yeah, that's kind of a guy that I've been looking at. Um, I think, you know, if you can get him for... There's there's also the off chance that it could be Shed Long or Kyle Lewis. Maybe even Mitch Haniger. Yeah, possibly. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's highly likely, but I don't want to shut the door on Haniger. Um, yeah, it could be Kyle Lewis, could be Shed Long. Um, but to me, the guy who makes the most sense... Um, just checks more of the boxes, I guess I would say, is Justice Sheffield. Um, like yeah. I said, a little bit of Major League experience. You have a feeling about him. You have a sense of who he is, um, how hard he works, et cetera. If, if you can get him on a, an Evan White type of deal, you probably have to pay him a little more than that, but maybe not significantly more. Uh, yeah, Justice Sheffield is a guy. Like if, Obviously, if I could choose anybody to get on this type of deal, I would choose Jared Kelnick or Julio right. Rodriguez. Um, right. Julio, this doesn't really make sense until he's a little bit closer to the big leagues. So next winter, this type of deal could make a lot of sense for Julio, at least from a Mariners perspective. Um, but yeah, the deal right now for Kelnick probably be a bit of a stretch because if you give him a major league deal, he's on your 40 man roster. And the idea is, is that he's going to be up, you know, when I give him this deal. So yeah, I, I think Kelnick or Gilbert would be kind of the two like home run deals. And I think you probably have to pay them. Well, I mean, significantly more than Marco got. Uh, right. But yeah, I think, I think just <clears throat> Sheff- I think just Sheffield's a good one. Um, you know, I, if, if they gave Sheffield six years, $28 million, you in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, almost regardless of the uh, the structure, I'm in. So, yeah i i, I think they do, do I think they do try this again. Uh, they may have already been trying uh, with some other guys, um, but again, they've determined Evan White 
and Marco Gonzalez. They think that they will be a part of their next winning team. Uh, do they think Justice Sheffield will? Maybe, maybe not, but we'll see. Uh, I, I think this is a, a good decision or a good idea, though. Um, go see how many of these guys you can get under contract, um, and uh, go from there. But uh, yeah, Logan Gilbert. Let me ask you this: if if you like, if you approach Logan Gilbert and you said, "What's it going to take?" and Gilbert told you he wanted seven years. $60 million. You want to take that risk? Yes. $80 million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. do that. Yeah. Eight years, $100 million for Logan Gilbert. <sighs> Probably a bit I much. Mean, I mean, <laughs> I don't uh, I mean, you got Gilbert's in his first three years is going to make roughly two million dollars combined, um, yeah. and if he is what we think he's going to be, he's probably going to get five, six million dollars in year one of arbitration. He's probably going to get ten million in year two, probably fifteen million in year three. So you're looking at six years right now of about twenty-five million dollars, uh, and then assuming he's the number two like we think he is, um, he's probably going to get. 25 to 30 million dollars in free agency um so you buy out those two years there's another let's call it 60 million dollars for easy math looking at eight he's going to make 80 million dollars over the next eight years so um yeah you know i think that's something uh, you know what i i'd probably wait and see gilbert pitch in the big leagues a little bit just yeah. because i'm hesitant to give any prospect pitcher right. a deal like that because right. there's still so much that could go wrong but yeah i think like, if i was ranking my preference kelnick would be one gilbert would be two um and then i i think honestly sheffield might be three so hmm. and i think sheffield's probably the most likely so I, i'd give that a shot all right um so let's go ahead let's uh still have a lot to talk about so let's go ahead. Let's dive into the uh, the waiver claim that um, honestly is one of my favorite moves uh, of this offseason. The Mariners claim Jose Siri uh, from the uh, from the Cincinnati Reds, who was placed on waivers on Tuesday, I believe, or last Tuesday. Either way, uh, he's uh, he's in the Seattle Mariners system now. So Ty, what do you know about Jose Siri, and uh, what do you think about? Uh, about his acquisition. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, one of the probably 20 best uh, prospects in a pretty good red system, um, 70 plus grade speed, uh, probably right now the, the, the fastest player in the Mariners system alongside Noel V. Marte and um, God, who else am I thinking of? Sorry, I'm blanking. Do you know who I'm thinking of? It's probably Marte. Um, there's a few guys yeah, on, there's... The, uh, on the like the Dominican Summer League roster that are. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody has also has 75, 70 grade speed. I think Jonathan uh, Class Classe. 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 Yeah. 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 I think he's I right. I think that's there. who I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, the speed's there. Uh, cannon for an arm. A uh, really good glove could be a major league center fielder. Um, it's just really, it comes down to the bat, which has greatly struggled. You know, and uh, the Reds just brought in Aki, uh, Shogo Akiyama and uh, Nicholas Castellanos. They were good in the outfield. Um, they didn't feel that the need was there to have, have Siri on the 40-man roster anymore. They just didn't see a future potential there. And from uh, from what he did last year, really struggled in AAA. Double A. I don't know if you have the stats up. I, I don't yet um, because I'm really good at what I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to load fan graphs. <laughs> he, he was decent. He was uh, decent in double A. Um, then he came up to triple A uh, for, I believe, 40 games and was yeah. absolute garbage. I mean, yep. He was basically Malik yeah, Smith 186, 252, 245 in AAA. 30 games, 112 plate appearances. Yikes. Um, yeah. yeah, AA, he was, you know, 405 plate appearances. 11 home runs, 21 stolen bases, 251, 313, 388. Uh, it was good for a WRC plus of 104. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the speed really shows through there. Um, 2017, he stole 46 bags uh, in A-ball. Uh, he also hit 24 home runs that year. Um, has really good power. It just hasn't come through uh, in-game as much, uh, especially since that year. Um, I'm not really sure if that's like a ballpark thing or when I haven't looked further into that. But, um, yeah, I, I you know, it's it really comes down to getting the bat under control. Um, there are he he does have pretty solid bat skills from what I've taken. It's just it hasn't really been transitioned to the to the actual game. You know, he's striking out a whole lot. Struck out thirty one percent last year in Double A, thirty four point eight percent in Triple A in those thirty games. Uh, so he's swinging and missing a lot. Um, just isn't getting on base and that's what he needs to do is to get on base to succeed because of that speed. Um, it's still the, with the defensive capabilities with that speed and with the hit tool, uh, that, you know, seems to be there. It just, you know, it, for whatever reason in game, it just hasn't come out. You know, if the if the Mariners are able to tap into that, that's that's they got a really solid prospect on their hands. It's it's you know, there's no risk involved uh, claiming him on waivers. Um, he instantly he instantly becomes one of the Mariners' 25, 20 best prospects, um, and they might have something there. Uh, they you know, as if they can figure out the bat because defensively and on the base pass series pretty damn good he's already you gotta yeah you just you gotta get him on base right you know it's funny when when you describe um jose siri and i look at his tools and kind of his numbers actually came up with a comp um pretty quickly um and i'm I'm interested to to get your take on this um sure i you know I, i didn't uh probably should have told you about this beforehand so you could prep but uh 
that's how good I am at my job. Um, yep. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so here's my comp for Jose Siri. You ready for this? Yep. BJ Upton. Ooh. Yeah, that's actually pretty solid. BJ yeah, Upton, that. 243, yeah. 321, 402 career hitter, above average defense, um, you know, strong arm, good athlete, always had a little more pop than people thought. He hit 20 yep. home runs four times, I believe. 20 or more home runs four times. He stole 40 or more bases um, three times and stole uh, 20 or more bases six times. Uh, yeah, 300 career stolen bases, 164 career home runs, 98 WRC plus, 25 win player. Yeah. Also yeah, struggled. I mean, uh, you know, he didn't strike. Upton didn't strike out as much as Siri uh, has uh, mm-hmm. so far. Uh, Upton also walked more than Siri, and that's kind of what you were talking about. Is he needs to. He needs to hit for enough average, and he needs to improve his, you know, his uh, discipline enough that uh-huh. if he can hit two forty three, three twenty one, four oh two, that's an everyday player with his defense and speed. So, uh, yeah, BJ Upton, kind of, or I guess Melvin Upton now. Um, mm. That's, I, that, I think that's what you're looking for as the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, really solid. You know, you got. Siri, tall, kind of lanky guy, yep. secret pop, right-handed bat, you know, good, uh, you know, uh, elite speed, good glove. Um, yeah, that that makes some sense. Um, I'm really interested to see see what happens there. You know, he's going to be in the PCL uh, most likely yeah. to start the season. Um, you know, if they're using the same ball and they're, uh, you know, and being in those ballparks, you know, we'll we'll see how the stats come out as long as he's making contact. Um, but I think, you know, you, you should take whatever numbers come out of there with a grain of salt. Uh, but at least as long as we're seeing that he's at least making contact, um, that is a good sign. Uh, he's making more consistent contact. He's walking more. Um, these are the signs that, that we do need to see that, um, should build some confidence in, in where he's going um, in AAA. And, you know, I, I think he will get a, an, an opportunity to play for the Mariners this year at the big league level. Um, I think his glove and his speed alone will earn him an, an opportunity at the major league level, uh, no matter whether it's here or elsewhere. Um, but I I do suspect that we would see him at some point this season. Um, so yeah, he's he's one to watch. Uh, it's really interesting to to see uh, how he fares in Tacoma and in the PCL ballparks um, and what those numbers could potentially look like. Yeah, uh, I think you know, obviously it's it's not going to be about the numbers there. Um, yeah. Numbers can be very misleading. Uh, especially in the PCL, and especially they're using the juice baseball again. But, you know, I think two numbers that would, you know, show reasons for excitement, Um, probably the base on ball percentage. Uh, If he can be around, I don't know, he's at 5.7. 
or sorry, he's he's been around you know eight each of the last or the last two years, but before that he was at three point two, six point oh, two point three. Um, so if he can be around eight and a half nine percent on the walk rate, and if he could cut his strikeout rate from last year, it was over thirty percent. If he could get that to around twenty eight twenty nine percent, I think the Mariners have got something. So um, mm-hmm. he's always going to swing and miss. That's going to be a part of his game. Um, yeah, but doesn't turn 25 until July, so he's he's not young. He's not a young prospect, but he's certainly not somebody you give up on. So, um, Jose Siri, he's gonna be. You're gonna get to see him in spring training. Uh, well, maybe not because Root's only airing 10 games this year, but uh, you know, he'll he'll get a look. In. There's a shot that he makes the club as kind of outfield depth, just because uh, obviously the Hanager injury, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with Ty. I'm guessing he spends 100 games in, with AAA Tacoma. Yeah. That would be my guess. But I, I do expect to see him at some point this year um, unless things go terribly wrong. So yeah, be on the lookout for Jose Siri. Might have a uh, B.J. Upton uh, type of prospect on the Mariners' hands, and they got him for free. So hard to complain about that. All right, so now we're going to wrap up the show. Um by uh, continuing our spring training preview by looking at first base uh, for the Seattle Mariners in the upcoming 2020 season. This one's pretty simple. There's really one guy, uh, and I guess we'll talk about the, uh, you know, we'll talk about Cornelius in this segment too, just just because. But um, right. Evan White, Seattle Mariners starting first baseman. I mean... Do you see any scenario outside of injury where that doesn't happen? Uh, nope. Unless he just, you know, falls flat on his face in, in spring training. I, I think, you know, I don't buy a whole lot into spring training numbers, et cetera, or right. spring training performance, unless it's, you know, it's really, uh, you know, back into the roster uh, spot competition. Um, other than that, you know, I really don't think that spring training numbers or performance really affect uh, team stances on guys. Um, but, I mean, if he goes out there and he's showing that he can't keep up with the with major league pitching, um, you know, he, he probably will see some pretty, you know, elite arms out there uh, at some point. You know, there's quite a few teams with aces that will get opportunities and in spring training, and I'm sure uh, Evan will be with, you know, the ATM most days, you know, playing against these guys and starting games against these guys. So he'll get his shot, but, you know, and if if he shows that he can't keep up with these pitchers yet, sure. Um, But I, I really don't see it. I think he's the opening day first baseman. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see anything that could happen on the field. Um, I mean, I don't know if Evan White stays out drinking most nights and misses a bed check, you know, or something like that. Then maybe. But there's obviously there's no indication that that's an issue for him whatsoever. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be about the numbers. Um, not in spring training, at least. I think you know, short of some kind of disciplinary or or a physical or mental health issue, 
Um, Evan White's going to start the year in Seattle. Uh, he may get sent down. That's that's a possibility. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's going to start the year in Seattle. Um, and if he does, let's let's kind of talk about expectations. Let's let's assume that Evan White is going to, uh, you know, be an everyday player more or less. You know, however, whatever that means to you, 145 games, 130, whatever it is. Um, why don't you give us a give us a slash line and a home run prediction uh, that uh, you think White can achieve this year? It's mm. a good question. I'm going to say he's going to hit somewhere in like the 270, 280 range. Um, on base percentage, like 330 ish. Somewhere in there, three thirty, three forty. Um, hmm, slugging. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I, I'm really interested to see how his power translates to major league ballparks. Yeah, because I think he can be a twenty to twenty five home run guy, but I could also see him hit ten home runs this year wow you know which would be well i just i mean if he hits 10 that's somewhat concerning right yeah but i think um probably on the more realistic side uh 460 to 480 490 slugging percentage somewhere in there how many home runs just say he's gonna hit nineteen. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm looking at two sixty, three twenty, three thirty, four fifty. Um, you know, probably eighteen to twenty two home runs. Uh, I would estimate maybe. I think he's gonna hit for a lot of doubles. So do I. Yeah, I was just about to get yeah. to that. I think. Uh, I think you're probably looking at. 25 30 doubles um which will make up a bulk of his uh slugging percentage uh obviously the defense is you know take that to the bank um and the base running is going to be good as well uh probably not going to steal a lot of bases but uh he'll be one of the better base runners on the team uh i think he's i don't think he's going to struggle significantly to put the ball in play um so i mean i don't think strikeouts will be an issue i think he'll walk enough but i think he'll also leave a little bit to be desired in that category if that makes sense um you know i I think evan white if evan white put up a alex verdugo rookie season i wouldn't be shocked um but i also don't want to expect him to hit you know 290 as a rookie so um, so you mean then we can trade him for mookie bats yeah probably i mean well, I mean, he's not Mookie Pass isn't a Red Sox anymore. Maybe Chris Sale. So, uh, you know, they got to pay down that real, salary. Real quick, after after seeing that happen, don't you kind of want to call Boston about Andrew Benatendi? <laughs> Unfortunately, Benatendi's not making money, so they can afford him. Um, well, but yeah, I they, they'll uh, have to pay him eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, it's funny. I actually earlier in the off season, I wrote an article um, about how the Mariners could consider trading uh, Marco Gonzalez for Andrew Benatendi. Um, I, I like Benatendi a lot, but uh, he hasn't exactly lived up to the hype. 
Um, still been a really solid player, but yeah, Ben Attendee. I mean, if like if your outfield is next year, let's say, is Ben Attendee, Kelnick, Rodriguez, whew, sign me up for that every day of the week. Uh, oh, I'm a yeah. big Ben Attendee fan, so um, I mean, I I don't think the Red Sox will trade him, but uh, sure, why not? <laughs> Give it a shot, right? Yeah, never yeah. know what they'll say. Um, anyway, sorry to get you off the beaten path. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, honestly, if Ben Attendee might be a pretty decent comp now that to Evan White, really. Um, let, let's see, Ben Attendee's first uh, full season uh, with the Red Sox was 2017. All right, let me know if this sounds like something or something reasonable that Evan White could pull off. 271, okay. 352, 424. 102 WRC plus 20 home runs, uh, 84 runs, 94, 90 RBI. Those are tough to, uh, 20 steals, 10.6 walks or sorry, 10.6% walk rate, 17% K rate. It's good for a 102 WRC plus and a two F war. Do you think why could do something like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe minus the steals. Yeah. Though I think he might get a few steals here and there. I, I think there'll be a year where Evan White gets like 15. Yeah. And then there'll be years where he gets like three. But uh, you still feel pretty good about his base running overall. Um, yeah, you know, I think Ben Attendee's rookie year might be, I mean, I don't want to say best case scenario for Evan White, but if he does that, then you're fine. You're chilling. Um, that that's a good rookie season. I wonder what Paul Goldschmidt's rookie year looked like. Let me look it up real fast. Paul Goldschmidt. Um, I think Goldschmidt was kind of a late bloomer, wasn't he? So I mean, no, no, he... no. came up right away. Uh, yeah. first full year was 2012. Pretty simple. Uh, he, 2012, he was uh, 286, 359, 490. With 20 home runs, 18 steals, 10.2% uh, walk rate, 22.1% K rate, uh, 124 WRC plus, uh, 2.8 uh, F4. That's really good. Yeah. And then the well, next that's year, best case scenario. <laughs> I mean, that's that's dreams come true right there. Um, yeah. Although you know, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, when people are trying to hype Evan White. They use that comp. They say, oh, well, he's very similar to Paul Goldschmidt. I hear that. I read that a lot. Um, if people don't like Evan White or they, they're trying to, you know, poke holes in this game, the player I hear him most most comp to, James Loney. So um, that's quite a uh, that's quite a gap there. Um, although uh, Loney was a pretty decent player for a little while. So we'll see how it works yeah. out there. Yeah, but when he was with the Dodgers. Yeah, he was okay. He was pretty solid. Yeah, you know, 15, 10 to 15 home runs, uh, you know, graded out terribly as a first baseman. But again, these are first base defensive metrics. They're really a crapshoot at this point. Uh, I think White's going to have more power than Loney. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, maybe Andre Ethier type mm -hmm. of bat. Um, but yeah, I, I think over, what do you think? Over, under one and a half wins above replacement for Evan White. 
I'm going to take the over. What if I set it at two? Mm, yeah, I take the over. I, I'm pretty positive about um, about Evan White. I'm I'm kind of the the high man on him. Um, sure about that? I was. Well, <laughs> when, I mean, my prediction earlier was me trying to be realistic and temper expectations, but like in my head, I think Evan White could be the best player on the Mariners this year. I really do. Okay. I think there's a chance of that. All right. Um, I'm going to call it a good chance, but uh, I don't want to say it's uh, impossible. But yeah. um, so Evan I'm White. I'm full of hot takes today. I'm full of hot takes today. I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, pitchers and catchers, you know, there's a chance that this is our last podcast before pitchers and catchers report. Right. They report next Wednesday. I don't mm-hmm. know when we're recording next week, but there's a chance, a decent chance, this is our last podcast before pitchers and catchers report. Okay. Hallelujah. Yep. Hallelujah. Yep. All right. So um, oh, yeah. I, I think we're both uh, you know, secret optimists. Maybe you're not so secret about Evan White's rookie year. Um, but I think, you know, realistically it, it's tough because fan graphs in their, and really baseball reference too, they don't have an accurate way to evaluate first base defense in particular. Right. Um, so those tend to knock down guys war, um, at first base. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I think at the end of the year, we'll look at it and you say, we'll say, yeah, he's about a two win player. So, yeah. Realistically, realistically, I think he's one and a half to two one player. Optimistically, again, I think he, I think the talent, just when you take the talent into account, I think, and and compare it to to some of the other players on this team right now, I think he could be uh, team MVP or whatever you want to say. I think he could have that good of a year. I think he's good enough to put up those numbers like Paul Goldschmidt. Sure. You know, did in his first year. I, that's not, again, that's not saying that that's what he's going to do. I think he's, you know, where I, where I said, uh, or what I predicted earlier. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm really excited about his career and, and where that can go. And I think the ceiling is really high for him. Yeah. I think that's fair. So let's, uh, as we're, already passed our uh, our goal one day we'll figure this out guys but uh anyways let's talk real quickly about daniel vogelback um obviously bogey's story is well for colton really um obviously vogelback's story is well known all-star yep. the first half of the year looked like the Mariners had really found something fell off a cliff which is putting it charitably in the second half of last year do you foresee a bounce back for Daniel Vogelback? Sounds like he's going to be the everyday DH. Um, I mean, shoot, I hope so. You know, I, I talk all this crap, but I mean, he is really fun to watch when he's on. Right. Uh, you know, it, 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 I hope so. You know, um, do I think he will? I, I don't know. I, I saw a lot of bad things in those last couple of months there. Yeah. Um, you know, strikeouts went up. Uh, just wasn't getting on base at all. 
you know, I think he was hitting like what, like two sixty something for most of the year. That went down to two oh eight finally at the end of the year. Still walks. Um, yeah, he still walked a lot. Um, still got that power. Yeah, I mean, here's my favorite Dan Vogelback stat. According to Fangraphs, uh, the base running scores. That metric, Daniel Vogelback, league average base runner. <laughs> Putting that 20 grade speed to good use. Wheels Vogelback. That's right, baby. They don't call him Cornelius for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as a DH this year, let's say he gets 120 games. Uh-huh. What do you think? See, is he, he going to be closer to first half Vogelback, second half Vogelback, or... Will he actually split the middle? Maybe, maybe in between. You know, yeah. maybe in between. Maybe he's hitting two twenty. You know, with a three twenty five, three thirty on base percentage. Um, I'm gonna say twenty five, thirty home runs. Still, I mean, that power is there. He's gonna run into one that just happens. I mean, even in the years where Joey Gallo was utterly useless aside from hitting home runs, you know, he was still hitting. Yeah. 40, you know. He's going to walk, too. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like there's a chance Daniel Vogelback is DFA this year. Um, and He's out of options, obviously. And there just comes a point where, as a DH only, you have to hit. And while the Mariners don't really, I mean, they're not trying to win games this year. Those are still four or five plate appearances a game that they could be giving to somebody else who can be more than a DH. So, yeah, uh, I think now let me ask you this. He has a good uh, as good of a year or as good of a start to the year as he did last year. You trade him. I can get him. Can you trade him? Can you trade him? I mean, if he's an also, you got to figure that you can get something for him. Something pretty something fairly valuable. I'll start DH. I mean, I mean, but still, like, I mean, the bat is. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not saying that you're going to go out and get you know two uh, B grade prospects, but you might be able to get one for him. I mean, maybe you can use Vogelback in a trade to get a major leaguer, um, or that, yeah. You know, Maybe you can get a reliever, really good reliever, for, or you know, a solid reliever. You, something that helps yeah. you next year and the year after. Uh, yeah, it's it's possible. If I could get that, I would. Um, but you know, if he's, you know, two fifty, three eighty, five hundred, then, you know, he's still probably not going to generate much trade buzz because he's DH only, but. I mean, we've seen how effective DH onlys can be. <laughs> I mean, was Nelson Cruz ever a hindrance to the Mariners? No. So, nope. um, I just I have a hard time seeing Vogelback hit his way into the future plans of the Mariners. Um, but he'll be given an opportunity this year, and I still think he is overall. It, he's going to be a solid bat. Um, just the walk, the ability to walk, the knowledge of the strike zone. And the home runs. He's going to be around for a few years in big league baseball. Uh, whether it's with the Mariners, I don't know. I I really like Vogelback. 
so I hope he is around um, for a while, but I, I don't think he's got that long of a leash this year. And when you start to see guys like, you know, Jared Kelnick start to inch closer, you start to see maybe Jose Siri, um, you know, Kyle Lewis and Jake Fraley and Brayden Bishop and Mitch Hanniger. You probably want to get a lot of those guys in the lineup as much as you can, and that's going to come at the expense of Daniel Vogelback, who may get a handful of games at first base, but that may also those games may also go to Austin Nola, who again you're trying to get in the lineup. He's going to have to hit, and he's going to have to hit pretty quick uh, to stick around for long, and uh, that's too bad because uh, Cornelius was one of the uh, few fun spots of last season's team, and. Uh, I, I really want him to be good. So, although I would be interested to see how uh, how Colton reacts if the Mariners uh, DFA him, um, <laughs> that uh, oh boy, that could be bad. So, it'll be a rough day on the website. <laughs> uh, we'll have to hold an in memoriam to Cornelius. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, he's one hundred percent going to the Tigers yeah. when he gets DFA. One hundred percent. Maybe the Orioles. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, the Tigers Pop, actually makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, not not really anticipating great things. If I said, if you had to place a bet, is Vogelback on the Mariners? Uh, is he in the Mariners organization? on October 1st of 2020. Uh, no. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> okay. Same here. All right. Um, so that's the first base preview. Um, before we wrap this up here, uh, Ty, it's time to uh, kind of announce our fun little game here. Um, oh, okay. Don't have a name for it yet. I am tentatively just calling it the Wheel of Opinion. Um, okay. Hopefully we can come up with a better name. But last night I asked people for random topics on Twitter. Okay. All right. got six random talk topics. I have added four more for a total of 10 slots. We're going to spin this wheel. Let's spin it three times. All right. Okay. No matter what the topic is, you have to give a strong opinion on it. So we're right. talking about three different topics. Yes. Okay. So I have, I have the wheel app or not a wheel app. I have a website called wheeldecide.com pulled up on my phone. Okay. I'm going to spin this wheel. Hopefully you guys hear it. And whatever it lands on, you and I have to talk for one minute with a hard opinion about the okay. topic. You ready? Okay. All just right. So guys, just, just so you guys know, here's a few few topics. And then I've, I've like I said, there have been. All right. What if, we, what if we know nothing about the topic? It doesn't matter. All right. Have an opinion. <laughs> All right. I mean, it doesn't stop Skip Bayless. So. <laughs> It doesn't stop Aaron Levine. It doesn't stop John Heyman. So I figured we'd try it. And so okay. we can call this the Wheel of Heyman. So again, okay. there were, I believe there were six at last count. I put six fan suggestions on the on the wheel. Four of them are my own. A couple of the uh, couple of the categories include the use of antibiotics, uh, migratory <laughs> patterns of crabs from Christmas Island. Um, so there, there's some there's some, and then there's a few uh, other ones. Um, you know, create a holiday. So uh, those are a few okay. of them. And then I've added some more. So let's spin this wheel. And slowing down. 
All right. Question number one. Uh, Lance on holiday. So, Ty, the okay. question is, you get to make one day a year a holiday for any reason you want. Okay. What day What day are you making a holiday? Uh, my birthday. Huh. I, I, I feel like every year I, I, I always have to work on my birthday. I don't like it. It always falls on like a weekday. It always falls on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. I want to go like Five out of seven do times, something. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to go do something. Uh, five out of seven times, smartass. <laughs> I mean, statistically speaking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like so, I'm always having to work and do stuff. Like, I want to. So I wanna, you're going selfish. Yeah, selfish all the way, one hundred percent. I know some people like want this day after the Super Bowl and all that. Oh, yeah, I'm not that. a fan of that. To be honest. Yeah. Like, don't, or. Don't drink. Or another one is um, make Star Wars Day like May the Fourth. May the Fourth, okay. Make make it a real holiday and always release. I mean, since Disney wants to milk the franchise, always right. release something on that day. There you go. The new ep- the new series or the new uh, season of The Mandalorian must drop yeah. on May fourth. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Since uh, since you went selfish, I'll go selfless. Uh, election okay. days in the United States okay. should be national holidays. Sure. Um, so well, I'll go had, with election you had day. You get all political and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm a man of the people, Ty. While you're up in your ivory <laughs> tower only thinking of yourself, I'm thinking of the people and democracy. So, yeah, I guess I'm, you know, long story short, I'm better than Ty. Um, so <laughs> that's wheel of opinion number one. Let's let's give this bad boy a spin here. I accidentally okay. spun it. So let me wait for it. Uh, slowing down. All right, well, it landed on holiday again, so I'm going to give this another spin. <laughs> Let me know if you guys can hear this. It's really faint, and I apologize for that, but there's not much I can do. So here we go. I heard it the first time. Now I can hear it. And is it going to land on holiday again? No, it's not. Okay. All right, this is a topic, a very simple one that was requested uh, by the fans here. Um, what's the best food? It's very mm-hmm. vague. So yeah, I, mean, I like myself like, a are, nice are we talking, steak. Like, are we talking food groups here, or do you think we're talking like an it, like an actual like dish? Well, I've already picked my answer. I like a nice steak. There you so. go, killing other animals just for your benefit. So yep, selfish. yep, yep, yep. We're killing animals <laughs> out here. Tell That's Peter to take a knee for that. That's... Uh, did you so, see that horrendous? Uh, no, I, thankfully I was at a. Super Bowl party where everybody felt the need to yell, so I did not get to see very many uh, of the commercials. Well, it, it got it got banned, and uh, oh, let's just say that it's 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 a cartoon that shows a bunch of animals taking a knee, like uh, one particular former 49ers quarterback named Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> All right, because um, PETA is the most tone deaf organization in the world. Uh, which is sad because they're actually, you know, like what they stand for is actually not terrible. But you know, anyway, best uh, just horrifically uh, yeah. advertised, basically. Um, so yeah. you're you're a steak guy, huh? Yeah, I like I like myself a nice steak. I had this really good steak that was uh, in this like red wine uh, thing. Yeah, it was it was pretty sick. Okay, a couple weeks uh, ago. Yeah, nice. So uh, for me, I guess I would say is that my thing is um, I like anything that involves carbs and cheese and meat. I am all in. 
So yeah. if it's a meat lovers burrito, I'm all in. If it's pizza, I'm Hell in. Oh yeah. Um, Hell yeah. That uh, what's the name of the like the best sandwich to me is you get the grilled cheese and you stick the ham in there, maybe mm. even a little bit of egg. Mm, that is delicious. So if you make something that is primarily meat, cheese, and bread, I am all there. I am all in. So that is the best food. Assemble it in any way you'd like. That's the answer. Yeah. Right. I'm very go. much Ron Swanson-esque. I like a steak and a whiskey. There you go. Yeah. It's the only yeah. way you're Ron Swanson-esque, because I've seen your mustache. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you know... Oh, sometimes it fills out nice, I'm, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm, gr- I'm growing it out. I'm growing it out again. We're, we'll nice, see. Nice. <laughs> nice. Alright, so, uh, final spin on the Wheel of Opinion. You ready? Yeah. That was a very weak spin on my part. Let me guess. Holiday. No, not yet. It's, oh no. Oh no. Oh, okay. It stopped half a millimeter away from antibiotics. So the actual topic (laughs) to wrap up this show is the Super Bowl halftime show. Not necessarily this year, but what do you think in general of the Super Bowl halftime show? Uh, typically features an artist that I could not care less about. Um, I saw Janet Jackson's boob once. That was fun. <laughs> um, the whole and I was country like, pooped their pampers. Yeah, yeah. I was like, God, how old was I? I was like six or seven. So that was like the most... That was. That was like the most. Uh, it was, was it two thousand four? All right, so two thousand four, two thousand five, I think. Yeah, so I was eight. So that was the most action I had ever seen in my <laughs> life up to that point. And uh, yeah, so that was that was a great experience for me. Um, yeah, so Super Bowl halftime show, I give it a thumbs up, even though that it, you know, typically most years I I don't care. Um, I remember Bruno Mars did the, the the halftime show with the Red Hot Chili Peppers the year the Seahawks won. Um, yep. I mean, Coldplay sucked. Yeah, uh, Prince in Miami. Yeah. I know everyone that loves good. that one, and that was really good. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, to be yeah. honest with you, I don't watch the Super Bowl halftime show. I could yeah. not care less. Um, yeah. But what I do like is listening to people complain that their favorite band has never done the Super Bowl halftime show. And I like screaming at them, you don't want them to do the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> you don't, because yeah. it's, it's not a concert. And that's what people seem to forget. It's not a concert. It's 12 minutes. No. It's a halftime show. It's not a yeah. concert. So you don't want, why would you want, I don't know, just like Metallica or whoever it is. Like, why would you want, Nirvana or Soundgarden or whoever it is. Why would you like if Seattle had a halftime show? Why would you want those bands that you love to go out there and play three songs, lip sync to, <laughs> and then just okay, that's it, back to the football game? Why? J Lo's the perfect choice for the halftime show because she's you know, I mean her name is big, and obviously she's nice to look at, and she has a nice voice, but she's not like an international like. Like, she's not famous because of her music. So, she's fine. Shakira's fine. That That's a good 
Solid combination. I just Shakira, Shakira. Don't don't give me Coldplay ever again. And by the way, people were complaining about the lip syncing. Everybody should lip sync the halftime show unless you're going to sit there and just sing. I mean, yeah. Do you really? Because if hear not, you're, we're going to hear a bunch of. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but you want Guns and Roses to run out on the stage and jump around and sing, and then try and sing "Welcome to the Jungle." No, you don't want that. You don't want to hear Mariah Carey hack her way through All I Want for Christmas is You. That's not what you're looking for. Have NSYNC run out there and do all their dance moves that their 40-year-old selves throw up halfway through. No. Let them focus on one thing, play the music. Like I said, it's not a concert. It's not a concert. And I hate the halftime show. Yeah. Um, didn't even watch it this year. Uh, haven't watched the last six or seven it's usually when I go outside for, you know, 30 minutes or I go on, I go watch YouTube videos or there's so many more constructive things I can do with that 30 minutes. So, um, anyways, I, it just, the halftime show is fine. People it's fine. I don't watch it, but stop complaining about it anyway. So that wraps up, uh, our first ever, uh, wheel, uh, I don't know what, again, what we're going to call it, the Heyman wheel, whatever. Wheel of opinion is what we'll call it for now. Um, some of the topics we did not get to that will remain on the board next week, Ty. So keep these in mind. Super Bowl commercials. Okay. okay. Antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Migratory patterns of crabs from Christmas Island. <coughs> okay. And uh, best starter Pokemon. Okay. And uh, there is one more that you can find on that you can find on Twitter. If you go to the account, you can read it. Um, but I think I would prefer you were surprised by it, just because I have no idea what it's talking about. And I would like us to be on equal footing if I ever spin it. So uh, let's know if you guys like the wheel of uh, opinion, or even if you have a better name, I'm sure there is one. Um, but let us know, and uh, if you like it, we'll 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 do it again. We'll probably do it a couple more times, see how we like it, but. Uh, I think it's a nice little fun way to kind of end the show so um that being said we are way over time so uh let's let's sign out of here ty do you have anything to add before we sign off nope i'm good i'm good that was fun all right so uh anyways thank you guys so much for listening to the soto mojo podcast go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes also be sure to visit sotomojo.com for all your mariners news analysis rumors injury reports spring training's right around the corner of course, we're going to be listening to so-and-so is in the best shape of their life. Of course, we're going to listen to this guy added two miles an hour to his fastball. And, of course, we're going to overreact to that. Possibly oh, I, would, I would like to announce that uh, I am officially not in the best shape of my life. The spring training. So, That's, there you go. Yeah, I, I would like to do the same. And that goes. that is about the, I don't know, 12th year in a row. So, I got mm-hmm. that Jesus Montero workout thing going on. So Nice. Uh, yeah. Ice cream sandwiches for days. That's right. That's right, baby. So anyways, uh, make sure you guys visit SotoMojo.com for all your updates and all that stuff. Yes, we'll overreact to it. Yes, we're not going to apologize for overreacting to it. It's spring training. It's fun. It's what you're supposed to do. That will all be at SotoMojo.com, and I'm sure we'll react in the podcast in a couple weeks when we actually have reports to react about. Um, and make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. You can also find us on Facebook. If you guys want to get a hold of us, if you want to you know, give us a topic to put on the wheel of opinion, go ahead and do that. The best way to do that is on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS, uh, and let us know. So 
Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Shakira, Shakira. Oh, boy.